When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, with Elon Musk buying Twitter, I may lose my job by the time this ish is all over. What's up, peeps? Welcome to the Dear Passionation Podcast with Ray Rout. My name is Ray Rout. What's your name? Let us know. All right, guys, head on over to DeanBlundell.com because we are members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. That's it. Dean Blundell Podcast Network over at DeanBlundell.com. I, uh, I, I type things over there. Upset some Buffalo Bills fans today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I said that Josh Allen is going to regress in fantasy. Not in his everyday real football life, in fantasy. And I've now hit the one minute mark where I can say, chill the fuck out, Bills Mafia. It's fantasy football. Relax. Going over to rayroute.com. You guys ever been to rayroute.com? You should go to rayroute.com. Producer Mike goes to rayroute.com daily. It's a little weird, actually. But, you know, it just it's such a good website that you have to go to it. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Cheap plug. Cheap plug. Don't don't care. Don't don't care. All right. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Right? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Boom. Every episode ever of the Dear Pat Station podcast right there. If you click on it, you can listen to it on the website. You can go to, you know, all the different applications where you have it. Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Castro, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can get the RS feed means you can put it on your website. All our latest and newest videos. Right? You can go check out that Friday night hangout. My website seems to be behind because I put two videos out today. Sometimes it, it lags. Blogs. Blogs galore. Look, look. Don't bet on the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Expect Josh Allen to take a step backwards this season. Devontae Parker praises Mac Jones. You can get all those blogs right there. Most importantly, store. Get your merch. Legit kid. Dear Pats Nation. Mac fucking Jones. The classic throwback. The mugs, the throwbacks, and guess what? We got a brand new design coming. Go check out rayroute.com, R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. You can get everything you need over there. Uh, download the Halftime app, look up Ray Route. Find me on Newsbreak. I might drop the Newsbreak uh, link in the description of this because uh, no one's downloading it lately, and um, they're all getting upset with me, so download Newsbreak. And uh, yeah, check out our Patreon club, patreon.com slash DPN sports. Five bucks a month. You get a whole bunch of stuff. You get uh, access to me. You get to the, the podcast. You get a whole bunch of, of, of fun, cool stuff. And uh, you get the live stream. And you can come hang out with us this Thursday because at 7.30 p.m. It's the draft party. We're going to be live for the entire round one of the draft. With that being said, let's bring in producer Mike. Yo. What's going on, Mike? What's up, Ray? What's going on, everybody? Where is this camera you keep telling me about? Listen, it's in the works. In the works? It's in the works. I actually oh, yeah. had to re- I had to return the mic because it was broken. I brought it up to the Amazon store yesterday to be returned. That blows. Yeah, it does suck. It doesn't surprise me, though, the way it was delivered. It looks like it was just thrown up. Thrown out the driveway. And, yeah. They were like, take this, bitch. Yeah, take this, asshole. You want me to tell you what we're talking about today? Nah, let's just wing it. Well, I, we should probably tell the audience, so... Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Tell me at the same time you tell them. That'll yeah, work. so we're going to discuss some fantasy stuff. We're going to discuss A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. Two okay. receivers tonight. No running backs. No running backs. Wow. We are going to discuss whether or not the Patriots need a number one wide receiver to be successful this year. Okay. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, everybody's favorite wide receiver, Nikhil Harry. And one of the shocking revelations that I made. Like, shocking. And, of course, what's that? 
that the is that the shocking revelation that he's a good uh no wait till i drop this one on you oh boy and then we're also gonna get some patreon questions and uh betting today mm-hmm. eagles are second favorite to win the nfc east plus 300 dallas is the favorite at minus 115 we're gonna talk about whether we like that value or not here on the dear patch nation podcast members of the dean blundell podcast network over at deanblundell.com let's get the show started let's go let's turn this music down all right so start with aj brown shall we let's do it um no you know what i gotta start with something else first sure so first of all i bought two coffees this morning oh boy at the same time okay nobody nobody made a big deal about it all right nobody talked about it it wasn't news nobody covered it you didn't let me know i would have covered it elon musk buys an app an app trillions of those on the app store and nobody will stop talking about it i'm a little i'm a little offended by the whole situation did you make a competing bid for twitter too i came in at 142 billion Damn. or sorry 42 billion not 142 it came in at 42 <laughs> billion yeah he got me at 43 bastard bastard <laughs> could you imagine though like living a lifestyle where you just have twitter money kicking around Oh my god! Especially. Like that is the, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine somebody like wrongs you on Twitter in one day, and you're just like, "Hey, I'll buy it. I'm gonna so, buy it today." As you know, I don't frequently pay attention to current events. No, no, you don't. Like if it's not football or baseball or soccer, I'm a little lost on what's going on. Okay. Without making this too political and getting us demonetized, <laughs> why are people upset about the whole Elon Elon Musk buying Twitter thing? Oh man, this is tough. I think uh, he's one of those those. Figures. Is this a Trump thing? Can I be honest? Is this a no, Trump no, thing? no. I, I don't get it, back on Twitter. It, it it is a left or a right thing, but I think he's I think he's very much apolitical. And that's I think, what I thought. I thought he hates like all politicians equally. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. I think he sees that you know a platform that you know should be free speech oriented, you know, is is being very heavily policed. I think. You know, you see it with a lot of these social media apps. They're really pushing, you know, ideas more than, you know, being an open forum for people to discuss. And I think that that bothers him because he uses Twitter a lot. Do you know how much trouble I'm going to be in? Oh, so much. The business account is going to be active because Ray's going to be suspended all the time. I don't even think I'm going to get suspended anymore. Nice. I might lose my job over this. Yeah, but then you can be like Twitter famous, right? The freedom that I'm going to have on Twitter right now, the amount of shit that I say on Twitter and get suspended for, like... Incredible. It's going to be incredible. And if they add a add an edit button, nobody's oh ever going to have to be accountable for anything, ever. Oh, my God. Oh, I edited that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could say whatever you want and just get rid of it. Yeah. Just gonzo. But the, the whole screenshot shit, people screenshot that shit immediately. No, 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 no. When when people who will rename nameless, nameless Evan Lazard, when you delete a tweet, it, it, it's gone forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't screenshot it. No, no one did. And kept tweeting it over and over and over again. <laughs> Do you so know that I haven't paid attention to him since that day? Oh, you just shut him down? He's all yeah. done? Listen, you guys could legitimately just don't bother using Evan Lazar as an argument with me anymore. Like, well, I heard Evan Lazar say that. I'm like, you might as well say Nick Wright said it. Damn. Or or Rob Parker said it. Like, that's that's where Evan Lazar is now in my world. Whatever happened to him? I feel like he's just falling off the earth, too. Rob Parker, he's still there. Just Tom Brady doesn't play for the Patriots anymore, so people don't care. He still talks smack about Tom Brady all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he's got his show, The Odd Couple. But is it with, him and himself? With Chris, no, Chris Broussard. Oh, that's unfortunate for Chris Broussard. And you know what, though? Like, there's, like, some annoying people out there that I actually enjoy listening to. Like, I've, I've always been a fan of Max Kellerman, even in the Cliff days. Like, okay. always. And I thought a lot of what he said, not about Brady, but about a bunch of other things, mm-hmm. made a shit ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, he's a smart guy. And it's funny, now that he's kind of left that morning program, you know, debate style. He's, he's back he's, to his old self. Yeah, he's he's a much more rational human being. Go figure. Well, because again, I tell you all the time, American sports media is all about faking arguments. 
Yeah, we have we real don't, arguments here, people. We do have real argument. When we argue, it's a real argument. We don't. Oh, yeah. We don't come in with like a pre-argument done. Like like I on those shows, you have to, and they've admitted. Like people admit, like they come in with their takes ahead of time. That's yeah. why they have notes. That's why they know how to counteract each other. And that's always been my thing. But see, the thing is, though, Canadian sports media, it's boring as fuck. It really is. It's boring as fuck. It's just two guys being very dry, agreeing with each other, doing stupid shtick. Like, there's no controversy whatsoever. That's why I created this. And I was like, I wanted it to be a blend of Canadian media, which was like, you know, informative and conversational and, you know, that type of thing. But with that little bit of an American, you know, edge that some of those other talk shows have. That was my whole point of this podcast was like to combine the two because I think that both platforms are bullshit. I hate the fake debate and I hate the boring vanilla bullshit. So I think being able to come on a show like this, like this podcast and allowing people to, like I'll put it down on the line right now. We've seen it. Mario, Lawrence, they're different on this, on our platform than they are on their own because they're allowed to come here and be free and be themselves. And I think that's the thing is we're not fake. We come in, we're completely authentic yeah. to who we are. I just happen to be an asshole. And that's my, that's me no, 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 that's authentic. my role. Now I'm supposed to be the asshole. That's true. I'm the good one now. Yeah. AJ Brown. Awesome. AJ Brown plays for the Tennessee Titans. He does. He's a former second round pick, 51st overall, selected after everybody's favorite wide receiver, Nikhil Harry. Uh, last season on PFF, he was graded in 84.4 with an 86.8 receiving grade. Uh, Russian grade is 64.4, which obviously drove down his overall of 84.4. Uh, stats are okay. 101 targets that had him tied for third or 31st, I mean, in the NFL. 63 receptions tied for 35th. Yards, 869, 28th overall. And he was tied for 30th in receiving touchdowns at five. So 31st and okay. in, in, so 35th in receptions amongst all receivers. Tied for 30th in touchdowns and 28th in yards. Not necessarily something to write home about. I do believe that the absence of Derrick Henry had something to do with that because it didn't open up the pass game. Um, and the fact that Ryan Tannehill's his quarterback. He was also injured quite a bit too last he year. He was. How many games did he play last year? I don't have that. Oh, I hold on. I have it right here in front of me. I do not have it in front of me. I don't know how many games he played. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, he's the eighth ranked PFF receiver right now. We're starting to get down now into those tier three and tier four players and fantasies. Like we're now, we spent the last couple of weeks and we were like in the first round, we debated a lot of running backs, a couple tight ends got thrown in there. We're now knee deep into the third round because that's where an AJ Brown is going to, is going to sit is around yeah. that third round piece. Um, when you think of some of the other wide receivers in fantasy football, and uh, I had nothing set up for this show, guys. Like, I'm just, I'm literally pulling up things as we talk here. But I think about the Stefan Diggs. Uh, yep. I think about the um, Debo Samuels. I think about the, you know, whatever. Some of the other. Justin I'm Jefferson, sure. Jamar Chase. Yep. There we go. Thank you. Sorry. I'm trying to yep. do something and speak at the same time. And, oh, God knows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I'm, I'm the same way. And. I'm trying to give you some help here just for reference it. by the way so can um, i name the seven receivers in front of him yep yep go ahead or do you want to do your reference first uh, i was just gonna say he played 13 games okay last year so so he probably would have been on pace for a thousand yards yeah all right so here's the seven ahead of him i want you to tell me if you agree with these guys being ahead of him okay Shoot. cooper cup yes jamar chase yes Justin Jefferson. Yes, absolutely. What do you think of Jamar Chase being the number two wide receiver? I think it's high, but I still think he should be ahead of A.J. Brown. Devontae Adams. Yep. Debo Samuel. Okay. I see it, but I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree. Okay. Stephon Diggs. Absolutely. All right. Now I'm going to name you like the th four receivers under him. Okay. CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, be. Tyree Kill, 
and DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen's under him too. Are those guys, any of those guys ahead of AJ Brown? Or are you comfortable with all those guys behind him? I would put a healthy D hop ahead of him. I knew you were going to say DeAndre Hopkins. You've got this weird obsession with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, And I think I would put Keenan Allen ahead of him. I think Keenan Allen is very underrated because he plays for the Chargers. And a lot of people don't pay attention to the Chargers. So I think that Keenan Allen's below him because of the amount of attention and the amount that Austin Eckler is involved in the Chargers game plan. Whereas because Derrick Henry gets a lot of carries, but he is not involved in the passing game whatsoever. That's fair. Like whatsoever. So you got Austin Eckler, which I think was the third ranked tight end or yeah, third ranked uh, running back in the draft. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to see here where their tight ends sit, which is nowhere apparently. And as far as Mike Evans, that's kind of, I think, just fantasy value-wise, I think there's plenty of other receiving targets on that team that he may not get the value. Although Mike Evans always seems to be a points machine. So so Ryan Tannehill is the 19th-ranked fantasy quarterback. Sounds about right. I mean, some of the names ahead of him kind of surprised me. Tua, yeah, Justin Fields. Thing. That's surprising, yeah. Kirk Cousins. That they seem like they'd be about on par. Trey Lance, who was like played what three games in the NFL? Yeah, that that I don't maybe upside with his feet or something like that. It's gotta be. I mean, the rest of them all make sense. Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott. Yeah. You know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray all those kind of guys because of the value that they're going to bring um, with their feet. And I think that that's where I, I don't feel the comfort of, of drafting AJ Brown, like just because, no. and we're going to get into CD lamb a little bit later. So I'm not going to get into why I, I, I rank CD lamb ahead of him. Yep. Absolutely. But I do for a big, you know, for a huge reason. Now, let me ask you this, Amari Cooper, who is, so I wrote about CeeDee Lamb. Actually, no one's seen it yet. It hasn't been posted yet. But I wrote about CeeDee Lamb today. Yep. And the one little nugget I picked up was CeeDee Lamb's season kind of went like up, 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 and then down like a roller coaster. And it was basically right. as soon as Michael Gallup was healthy and Amari Cooper was healthy, CeeDee Lamb became the third wide receiver on Dallas. So how does Cooper fall all the way to 17? Is that the is that the unknown of Deshaun Watson? That's interesting because I think it's a combination of the unknown of Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper having this reputation for kind of disappearing in games, right? You don't know if you can trust him week to week. So is he a high value receiver? Listen, I had him last year. He, some games he got me an incredible amount of points and then the next week he get he would get you nothing and just basically stand on the sideline healthy. Um as far as fantasy value, I would still probably take him ahead of A.J. Brown this year because I think, who do they have as a backup quarterback? They have Case Keenum, who's a great quarterback, and I think Amari Cooper's the number one threat on that 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 team this year. So well, I in think, fairness, right now they have Baker Mayfield, and nobody seems to be in on the Baker not, Mayfield he's not, trade. He's not going to play for the Browns, though. Well, who's going who's gonna to pick him up? Baker May. listen, if nobody picks up Baker Mayfield and they keep him around for this year to be like a quarterback for eight games... Baker Mayfield in his career cannot afford to not play if he's given the opportunity. If he wants to make money next year, otherwise he's going to be Mitchell Trubisky. He's going to go be a backup somewhere yeah. and then try to get a starting job and pay you know, a $10 million contract in his, his sixth or seventh year in the NFL. He can't do that. Baker Mayfield cannot afford not to play. And if he stays in Cleveland, like they don't trade him. And they're like, hey, Deshaun's going to get eight games, which we're all expecting, right? We're expecting eight games for Deshaun Watson. If that is the case, they cannot, he cannot afford not to play. I'm just going to put I that think, out there. I think he's going to be a draft day trade, honestly. I think somebody's going to trade the Cleveland Browns, probably a low round pick, maybe a sixth or a seventh round pick, probably like the Seahawks or Carolina, if they decide to not get one of these quarterbacks and go from there. Carolina said they're out on uh, I saw that today that they're out on on uh, Baker Mayfield we'll see we'll see great insight Mike great insight it must well, be Monday uh, <laughs> I, I I honestly think 
great. The Seahawks make the most sense, right? Carolina, they have Sam Darnold. They're kind of, you know, <sighs> yeah, exactly. So the the real the real thing with Carolina, I guess, is, and this is going to be the point, is you get another guy that's going to be like this one year of just like we're just taking a shot, or do they finally draft a guy that can you know stay back there for a year, and learn, and then say, okay, we're done with this band-aiding solution? Well, let me let me ask you this question. Is, in your opinion, is Baker Mayfield a significant upgrade over Sam Darnold? Because I think it's, like, not just an upgrade. I think it's a significant upgrade. Like, Sam Darnold is, when it comes to playing football, I don't know who he is as a human being. So I want to put that on the table right now. I think we need to start differentiating between football player and human being. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's some piece of shit human beings in the NFL. <laughs> there are, yep. But when I so I don't know him as a human being, he seems like a decent dude. But as a football player, he's fucking awful. I mean, all good for him that he's like, yeah, I'm the best in the NFL, and he's walking around with swagger and confidence. Like, good on you, kid. <laughs> um, you know, Cam Newton does the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? I get trying to have the swagger, but that kid's career is done. Done is. Done. I don't know how he's hanging around. I would take Colin Kaepernick as my quarterback over Sam Darnold at this point. Honest, God. Yeah, it, I, I really do think Sam Darnold, like you said, is done like this or after he's relegated to some backup position and the most that he can hope for is, you know, somebody gets hurt. Again, I'm not wishing for somebody to get hurt, but he gets the opportunity to start and actually looks good for once in his career. Um, I don't know. I, I agree with you that, again, I think Baker Mayfield is a significant upgrade there, but at the same time, I think Carolina really needs to even though the quarterbacks supposedly aren't great in this draft, take a shot somewhere, get a guy that you can start developing, stop this band-aid solution of the Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold. Like, you know, we had this discussion the other day with Kyle Pitts. You can keep drafting all these great first round picks. They're going to quote unquote die on the vine if you don't have a quarterback. And that's where they're at right now. Well, and maybe that's where Seattle makes no sense for Baker, right? Because, your defense is a mess. Your offensive line is garbage. You've got Tyler Lockett that has what four years left of superiority before he starts to to fall off the cliff. You got DK Metcalf, who is a big bruiser, who I think is going to, because of his play style, is going to just it's going to go down in a hurry. Mm-hmm. If you're going to tra- the thing is, if you're going to make a trade right now for Baker Mayfield, you're more than likely going to be giving him an extension on top of it, right? Because you're not... I know that they're not going to get a first-round pick, and I know that's what Cleveland thought they were going to get. That was lunacy. Yeah, that but was I'm lunacy, thinking, yep. But I'm thinking you're not going to... If fucking Matt Ryan is going for a third-rounder, third round, and his career is going to be fucking done in two years, maybe three, um, Baker's worth at least a second because you're taking on a sh- you're taking a shot Sam Darnold was a second round fucking draft pick right and like we said it's no he was a- first round or you mean the trade the trade yeah they gave a the, second round the, yes the trade was yes Carolina Sorry. gave a second round for Sam Darnold so if fucking Sam Darnold's were the second round we're talking it could be a multiple pick like a second and a fifth and a sixth for Baker because what here's the thing we never really seen anything out of Sam Darnold. Can we can we say is that a fair I, statement? To I, t- I totally agree. Yep. Yeah. Never seen anything out of him. We saw things out of Baker Mayfield. I still yeah. think if he would have started his entire rookie season, he would have won Rookie of the Year. He set rookie he he set rookie records that year. He yep. looked he brought the Browns to the postseason last year or two years ago. Last season he played with a shoulder. And as we've discussed on this show, whether it's your non-throwing arm or not, just that motion, your whole body is torquing, that's going to kill your shoulder. The whole thing is, is I think Baker Mayfield is a problem in the sense of his head. Agreed. But I think that that's something that can be coached out of him. Like, at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns should have taken Saquon Barkley with the first overall pick. The Giants should have traded the second overall pick to the New England Patriots. Baker Mayfield should have been a Patriot. And I think we're, he's he's probably like Mac Jones. 
Yeah, you know and I mean? this is this is the argument that I was just going to bring up because I know you you like this scenario. If he had ended up with the New England Patriots, total different trajectory. And I don't feel uncomfortable saying that in the slightest because stability grants you more things as a player. And Baker Mayfield has had the exact opposite of stability on the Cleveland Browns. He's had new coaches every single year, new coordinators every single year. The roster has been crazy. Even the years that he had Odell and Jarvis, they were either hurt, not utilized correctly. You, you, the list goes on. And this is a good indication for all those doubters of young quarterbacks. You know, you look at the criticism of Josh Allen and where that goes. These young quarterbacks are just that. They're young. They're anywhere from 19 to 22 years old. These kids need time to acclimate to the NFL. Not everybody is Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. And I mean, you could talk about Brian Dable all you want. And obviously he was an influencing factor on Josh Allen, but just having Sean McDermott as a coach from the time that you're drafted and having that stability at head coach. Like you said, Baker Mayfield's had three head coaches since he was drafted five years ago. Three coaches in five years. Um, he had his best year of football under Freddie Kitchens, and he got fired. But Freddie Kitchens was a was a, was a head case as a head coach. He couldn't stay on as a head coach. No. And I think like if he ends up in in Pittsburgh, in New England, um, in New Orleans, where there's that stability at the head coaching position, whether it's an offensive coach, defensive coach, doesn't matter. Uh, Kansas City. You know what I mean? I think we're having a very different conversation around. Well, let me Baker throw a scenario. Let me throw a scenario out to you. Yes, sir. Kyler Murray gets traded at the draft. Yep. The Cardinals draft a rookie quarterback and they pick up Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is going to start. They kind of wait to see what happens. Let's say he has a good year. We know their GM and their coach just got extensions. That franchise could give him great stability. They have great weaponry. To me, it, listen, if Kyler doesn't want to be there, Baker Mayfield should be right out in front trying to work some some kind of deal because they loaded up that offense for Kyler. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to get too much into that situation right now, but I think that could be another great situation for Baker Mayfield should uh, Kyler get traded. And I think his agent should be on the phone right away and just basically say, trade me. We'll work out something salary-wise. Just just get yourself there, basically. Well, and you're actually in a really good position with that move too, because if you're if you're Arizona, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get a first round pick for Kyler Murray. Let's face it; like he's he's worth a first round. So you're gonna get Absolutely. a first. You're gonna get a first, maybe mm-hmm. like a first and a third for Kyler Murray, and he's gonna go to a team who's gonna have to give him an extension. Yep. You're going to get Baker Mayfield for like a second and a third and a fourth. So really, you're giving up a fourth round pick for Kyler when you're for, for Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah. And you added a first and you're going to have to give him an extension. But you're giving him a way smaller extension than you were giving Kyler, Kyler Murray. Because Kyler Murray is like, I mean, he's looking at he's like, well, Deshaun just set the Deshaun Watson just set the market. And it's like, dude, you're not Deshaun Watson. Right. Exa- exactly. It's. The, the reason that's a good situation is, and you pointed this out, whatever you add, whether it be Baker Mayfield, let's say you add Baker Mayfield and a rookie quarterback, you can automatically offset those picks and more by trading Kyler Murray. So there is zero risk other than cash at hand, which again, wouldn't affect Arizona for the next few years. I'm trying to figure out where Kyler Murray would go. Again. Let me ask you a question. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, and Kyler Murray is goes on the market at the draft, and you see these things swinging around. Are you regretting trading for Matt Ryan with Kyler Murray available? You mean Indianapolis? You said the Chiefs. What did I say? Uh, Sorry, no, not the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I mean Indi- uh, in, Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Um, because if I could just pre this for the people who I know a lot of people don't watch the Friday Night Hangout, right? Like Lawrence was on, and they were, we were talking the Matt Ryan trade, and and he said. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, Anyways, I know. I said it live, I, so it's not like we're yeah, saying anything no, about no, it. no, I, I, I but, know. But but he said that, that this is the best team Matt Ryan ever played on. <laughs> Anyways, um, um, I, I know where no, I'm pre, but yeah, I know, okay, I know okay. you know. I'm telling, I'm setting this up for the audience. Okay, right. Yeah. And what I but what I said to Lawrence is the problem with trading for Matt Ryan is you are now in your Super Bowl window. 
Correct. Yeah. Because there is no stability at the quarterback position after two or three years with with Ryan. We assume he's not going to go the route of Drew Brees or Tom Brady and play until you know his late thirties, forty, and still play at a high level. Maybe he's playing like Philip Rivers, where he's losing some zip on his arm. And Matt Ryan's—I mean, Matt Ryan's got a cannon of an arm, but his game is predicated on that on that cannon. So you had the choice where you could have got Kyler Murray. It may cost you a fortune, but at least you know, a. And again, Kyler Murray is a proven commodity in a sense of you know what you're getting out of him. It's not like he's a rookie and you don't know how he's going to turn out. You kind of know who Kyler Murray is. Right. And you have stability. Now you or sorry, now you have a future at quarterback when you extend him. Whereas with Matt Ryan, it's it's win now, or you're gonna see the Chiefs or the sorry, the Colts blow up in the next couple of years. Um, it's a it's an interesting hypothetical. I would say no, because and I, and I'll kind of make a Patriots analogy here. I think the way the Colts are set up, they need ball security more than anything. And I don't know if they have the outside threat that they could provide Kyler, i.e. DeAndre Hopkins. And we saw what Kyler was without a receiver of that level last year. Um, Not saying he's not a good quarterback, but I just don't think he would be a good fit on the Colts. Again, they don't have that perimeter weapon. They're all about smarts and ball security. So I think Matt Ryan kind of does provide them that. And I think Chris Ballard is definitely a guy who wants to draft his young quarterback not try to pigeonhole uh you know somebody else's young quarterback and get into a long thing there like listen you look at all the guys that they brought in you brought in philip rivers you brought you brought in carson wentz you kind of you kind of weren't sure about carson wentz and whether he would be the guy at the time but now you bring in matt ryan clearly all one two you know year guys while you're looking to put a quarterback behind you, but again, still be in that Super Bowl window and maximize some of the guys that you do have. It's, a, Chris, it's an awkward situation. Chris Ballard has had five quarterbacks since he's become the general manager. I know the Andrew Luck uh, abrupt retirement kind of screwed him, yep. but I will argue to this day that, that the credit Ballard gets from, from not just Colts fans who walk around worshiping him like he's the, the the greatest gm of all time but even like pundits and, and casual fans are like that love chris ballard i'm like dude yes he's brought no quarterback stability to he's made the playoffs what once since being the general manager twice maybe yeah like yeah and, and it is a big problem like listen i know he got there in the middle of like the andrew luck debacle and was like okay we need to fix this offensive line they fixed the offensive line but then it was too late well what have you been doing at the quarterback position? They, in fact, to be honest with the amount of talent that he's accumulated, he should have been doing a trade land style deal in the last couple of years where it's like, you know, what, we just need to go get a kid to maximize the rest of this talent. We have picks. You could have, you could have saved your first round pick that you gave up for Carson Wentz. Given up this year's, you could have given up this year's, you could have traded up. You could have got Mac Jones. You could have got, Justin Fields, you know what I mean? And Mac Jones probably fits what the Colts want to do a little offensively, a little bit better than some of those oh, other abso- guys. Absolutely. And absolutely. I'm not saying that Mac Jones would have won them a Super Bowl. This isn't a Patriots. No. I'm just talking about, but I even look at a guy like Davis Mills. I think that he might actually have a career in Houston. Yep. Totally. Hey, I don't agree. know. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, he might be a top 15 the rest, the rest of his career. Never talked about in that top he looks 10. Legit, top five. though. But he looks like a guy who can bring stability. He almost reminds me of an upgraded version of Schwab, doesn't he? Who used to be a, a Texan? Yes, that's a that's a great that's a great analogy. And I, I I do like Davis Mills. Like, listen, I think that might have been the kid that you know the Patriots had pegged in the second round, and Mac Jones fell to them, and they said, "All right, well, we'll take Mac while he's here." Um, yeah, it's weird because I think that there would have been a lot of disappointment in Pat's Nation for Davis Mills. We would have just been like, ugh, but he probably could have fit the Patriots system very what, well. true as well. And I think for Davis Mills, that's why they had to get a new coach because they need to bring in a, a guy who is able to to get to, and I like Lovey Smith and I think Lovey Smith yep. knows how to talk to quarterbacks, you know what I mean? And knows how good to coach. run a, run a good defense, knows how to do a lot of good things. Uh, so you can go. So we got to move on to the NFC East here. Sure. Um so the Dallas Cowboys favorites 
to win the East. Obviously, they're minus 115. Uh, the other two aren't really there. The Washington Commanders, whose odds actually went down, as Mario pointed out to us last week, after trading for Carson Wentz. And I do want to so really backwards. just put a little caveat out there. People are saying, hey, why did you trade for Carson Wentz? He probably was going to get released anyways, which is true. But I want to put out there that if Carson Wentz gets released, there's no guarantee that he's going to be available for Washington to sign. He might go sign with somebody else. You need a quarterback. You think Carson Wentz was the guy. You have to make the move and you have to make the trade for Washington now, but they're not really in it. The New York Giants, I mean, they're a fucking mess. I don't know. Like the, uh, the Giants to me, you got Brian Dayball now. Start over. Like fucking just start trade Saquon Barkley. Get us get a second round pick for him. That's what I think you'll get. Second or third because uh, you got to extend him wherever he goes. So I think you're going to get a second right. or third for him. But I can let Daniel Jones just fucking go somewhere else and be a backup and not have the pressure of playing in New York. Start over again. This yep. is the perfect year to take Kenny Pickett, let him develop there. You know what I mean? Behind Dayball. Yeah, he he could. That That's a team that, again, has two first-round picks and nobody is counting in the quarterback race. And I think they are very much in the quarterback race. I hope, and I know the Giants' salary cap situation is a, is a mess right now, and they need yeah, to they gross. need to fix that up, but I hope that they're, they aren't drafting to try to compete this year because they are not there. They are no not there. They do not have the dogs to do it. You gotta just, you know, this is a time that you gotta take a step, and you gotta like, Mara's gotta let them know, hey, we're just gonna start over. Fuck it. Let's start over. So anyways, yep. that leaves the Philadelphia Eagles, which I think a lot of people who are not Eagles fans forget that the Eagles were a playoff team last year. Like, yeah, they got they got bounced by Tampa really early, but they, they were there. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots got their ass kicked by, yeah. by 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 the Buffalo Bills. So, but I mean, they still made it. Right, got there. Jalen Hurts. Um, I said at the beginning of last year, by the end of the season, Tua Tagovailoa is going to be the third best Alabama quarterback in the NFL. I think it's fair to say that the two other Alabama quarterbacks were in the playoffs. Um, all teammates at one time, all played together at one time. Yeah, and it's crazy um, to think about. So, right now, DraftKings is paying out plus 300 for the Eagles to win the East. Dallas okay. at 115. Dude, if I was ever going to take a bet and make a gamble and just drop a couple of bucks on a team to win their division... It very well could be this Philadelphia Eagles team because there's a lot of legitness to this team. I mean, you want me to put the legit kid on it? I think this Philadelphia Eagles team is legit, kid. And if you fucking address a couple of the key areas, like now they missed a lot of free agents they were going after, but if they address a lot of their key, like you know, a couple of their key areas in the draft, um, I believe in Jalen Hurts. As a lot of Patriot fans know, I was big on the draft Jalen Hurts in this a couple of years ago. Um, I was not happy when he went to Philly because I thought he was going to be stuck behind Carson and never get the opportunity to play. Mm -hmm. And I was really pissed at the Eagles because, again, it's his fucking college career all over again, right? Goes to Alabama, loses his start, loses loses his job, gets buried behind Tua, uh, ends up in Georgia. Mm -hmm. But, uh, dude, I like like this. I like this plus 300. I love that value because I think it should be less. I think DraftKings, this is a steal. And I'm not telling you to bet. I'm not betting with anybody else's money, so don't get fucking mad at me if you don't doesn't get this right. But when I'm betting with my money, I think I might put some money on Philadelphia to win the NFC East. Yeah, if it's just the NFC East, those are great odds because I'll, I'll be honest and I'll start this from the other direction. I don't trust Dallas this year. Dak Prescott hasn't given me, given me a reason to trust him. Michael Gallup's coming off an injury. Uh, CeeDee Lamb so far has collapsed in big moments. And yes, we saw a, a big game from Micah Parsons last year, but you don't know what's going to happen in year two. And like, yeah, they have some other great pieces on that defense, but it's still, in my eyes, flawed. It's good, but it's flawed. Um, yeah, great odds. Um, I don't trust Dallas. I think this is some of the Dallas hype that gets built into everything that we hear about throughout the, throughout the football season. And I know the odds makers aren't really supposed to be affected by it. But again, the Eagles are adding two first round picks this year. Jalen Hurts is a year older. They do have some legit weapons on that team that people forget about. And the defense isn't bad. So, um, 
yeah, totally, totally great value here. I agree with you. I would, I would, I would throw some money on this. Did I go too long? I can't hear you at all. Are you muted? Yeah, I'm muted. Uh, I said that uh, we got time to kill tonight. There's no Patreon questions. So let's talk about this a little bit longer. Sure. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, it's really weird, right? Because it's the NFC least. That's what mm. we, we call it. Yep. And yet, two of the seven teams in the NFC playoffs last year were from right. the NFC East. Yep. Now, a part of that is the Eagles got to play the Commanders and they got to play the Giants. Uh, and Dallas got to play all three of those teams. And I don't know what their what their records were. But yeah, when I look at that East, I agree with you with Dallas. And it's funny because I wrote that uh, about, uh, I wrote about CeeDee Lamb today, which is going up, like as I said, it's going up on the website. I'm not going to talk too much about it because we are going to cover CeeDee Lamb in the sure. podcast tonight. But let's not lose sight of what happened to Dallas last season and I think that they, they, that could be a backbreaker for them. I mean, Jerry Jones came out and said it, and I think he was absolutely right. Jerry Jones came out and said, this is the like the best roster I put together in the modern era. And mm-hmm. it was another yeah. single round knockout. And if you want to go back to the Tony Romo era, when they had that fucking stacked team of Terrell Owens and Jason Witten, and I think uh, Miles Austin was there, right? Like they had just this fucking just stacked offense. Great Dez was team. there too. Yeah, Dez. What did I say? Oh, yeah, T.O. and Dez and Miles Austin. That was their three receivers and Jason yeah. Witten at yeah, one it was time. Crazy. It was crazy. And then Tony Romo. Um, Miriam Barber was their running back, who was a pretty good it was a pretty good running back for his time. Great fucking defense. Again, single round knockout, single round knockout. But when they got knocked out with that team, that was to me the backbreaker for Dallas. They were never the same after that. You know what I mean? Like, because that was their best fucking roster. And I think it's like that. This is a year that the Eagles could pounce on Dallas and not just go to the playoffs, but win the division. Yeah. Again, I totally agree. I outline it. And again, the value of two first round picks. And then I think they have two more now next year. or It's, you know, picks and then some. Now, I have heard that they're getting rid of one of their picks. Because their salary cap is a little bit of a mess, and they can't. They got afford- rid of one already, right? I thought. Oh yes, or no, that's they traded. Why. Or did they yeah. trade them? Yeah. yeah. Something, no, something. I know they did something. I know that they had to get rid of one of their first round picks because they, salary cap wise, they couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford yep. the draft picks to do all the first, so they they traded. Speaking of trade picks, you see the Patriots made a trade today. Traded yeah, they their made for a six and a seventh. I mean, that's the move. Yeah, that's fucking book the parade. Bill, Bill Belichick special right there, ladies and book gentlemen. Book the parade. Oh, we want to move. Yeah, oh, we, we 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 could get a good person in the fifth. Like, but I could I could try to get Julian Edelman twice in the sixth and the seventh. So, uh, well, you know why I think that. he did this because they already had two fifths. Yeah, and they they got rid and they didn't have a seventh, so they got rid of and and uh, and Houston didn't have a fifth. I don't think this was the Patriots that called them. I think this was Houston that called the Patriots and said, hey, you have two-fifths. We don't. You don't have a seventh. Let's make something happen. They gave up, I think, the 184th pick. They get the other one. But if you now look at the sixth round, their two picks in the sixth round are like 10 picks away from each other. Yeah, which does give you the ability to do things and look at people. Yeah, I, I get it. And listen, I, I understand, you know, Bill makes his value late. So I'm going to pray that they find another Unwinu, you know, Listen, he traded one of his fifths for a six yeah. and a seventh. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's not like he traded a first for like a third and a fourth and a fifth. You know what I right, mean? Like right. it, it was. It was. I saw yeah. it. It made sense to me. It, it gave the Patriots two extra picks, right? And to me, when you're picking at the end of the fifth, the end of the fifth, in the middle of the sixth, and the seventh, they're all kind of the same to me. Yeah, yeah. Like who who cares at that point? They're going to use their fifth probably on a punter. Because, you know, yeah. like when people play Madden after the fourth round, they just simulate the rest of the draft. Oh, yeah. They, no one cares after after the fifth round. So it's, again, the Patriots have their pick there. I get it. It's all about cl- what, you know, what they call in draft terminology, closing the gap, right? So you have something without going 200 picks and potentially missing out on some something. Well, that's exactly someone. what it is. Because it, the, the, the pick... 
between fifth and sixth was large and then no seventh. So adding the extra sixth, adding the seventh gives you two more picks. And I want to remind everybody the Patriots need to add bodies. Yep. Like they let a lot of bodies walk this year and they need bodies. They need those sixes. They need to build out their practice squad. They need to build out their depth pieces. And a lot of these sixth round and seventh round picks can make it happen. And for anybody that's like, you don't get anything in the sixth or seventh round are the same people who were pissed off that uh, JC Jackson, the undrafted free agent uh, wasn't resigned this year. So there's value right there. Um, Okay, guys, let's move on here. So let's talk about the Patriots because we have no Patreon questions for tonight. Do the Patriots need a number one wide receiver to be successful? So let's pretend Devontae Adams is not that bona fide number one. He can't stay healthy, whatever it may be. Um, do the Patriots... Parker. What did I say, Williams? Parker. Adams. Adams. I'm going to say Parker. Devontae Parker. Um, do the Patriots need that, like, do they need the Devontae Adams? Do they need the DeAndre Hopkins? Do they need a CeeDee Lamb? Do they need that kind of guy? to be successful this year or I mean because I'm gonna can I be real with you can I be real with you absolutely yeah yeah I would be comfortable going into this season with the Patriots offense and its current makeup outside of the offensive line if they did not address the skilled positions yeah the wide receiver running backs tight ends if they did not address those positions and just address the offensive line I would be comfortable heading into this season with what the Patriots have yeah, if you if you just look at what they have right now and kept it within the scope of this year, I'm absolutely happy with what they have. I think, you know, we talked about it the other night. I think you do, you know, I when actually the other night Connor was here what a week and a half ago at this point. Yeah. The the, the depth is concerning for me because you're potentially losing Jacoby Myers. You're probably going to lose Agalor. You mean futures? future depth. yes yes so and we've talked about this team in year three so no i'm not particularly concerned right now if you could draft a wide receiver in the four, uh, third or later or if they want to reach on again at like a john mechie in the second perfectly okay with that you have a guy that you know will be able to play i don't think john mechie's a reach in the second anymore from apparently no, every no. scout out there is now saying there's no way he falls out of the second round yeah so um I, I think that's the kind of guy you want is a guy you know you can plug and play maybe not this year but next year but I think you're right I think the offensive line and obviously I'm going to think you're right because we agree on this the offensive line is more concerning I think they do need to draft a, another depth tight end things of that nature in defense I don't think they need to I and I'm, tight end. yeah I'm going to go I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get controversial here okay, okay. They have two more tight ends on the roster. I think Dalton Keene's gone. I don't. I. Uh, he's a lesser version of Johnny Smith. And now that there's no fullback, you have the option to play him as a fullback. You can have him play as an H-back. And maybe you can save some wear and tear off of Johnny Smith a little bit. Okay. I think the Patriots, with the fullback gone, I think the Patriots are going to carry four tight ends. And I think it's going to be Dalton Keene, Devin Asiasi, and then the two, obviously, frontliners of Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Yeah, and I mean, you know my theory. I can let the audience know. I think Devin Asiasi is better than most people realize. You know, um, am I saying that he's, you know, uh, uh, Hunter Henry? Nope, but I think he is a solid depth tight end. So, What happened to him last year? He got hurt, right? I think he just kind of got buried. He was a healthy scratch most weeks because both of the both of those guys were there. You probably don't expect both those guys, you know, both of your main tight ends to be healthy every week, but they were. And they carried a fullback, right? Yep. Like I, that, I, that I can't express the difference that's going to be in the Patriots with not having Jakob Johnson taking up a one of the one of the, the the what is it the fifty whatever the roster? How many guys you can play? Fifty whatever? You know what I mean? Hashtag sports as well. Aren't you guys cute? Oh, I mean, we could jump through some tables if that would make you feel more at home. Hashtag sports. I sent Ray a nice picture that I was hoping he would forward your direction today. Did you? Yeah, I sent you a text. Um, did you send it to me today? I did. And uh, now that hashtag... You can't sports... text me at... Oh, that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I'll, send, I'll send it off to him. I'll send yeah. it off to him after. Now that uh, hashtag sports is in the house, 
you know, we have our boy Trey Nixon who's ready to explode on the scene this year. So absolutely, absolutely, freaking lutely. And he, uh, he's your number one. But like the other thing is too, when has, when have the Patriots ever had a true number one? You know, wide receiver. We had Gronk, obviously, which is you know Gronk is Gronk. You know, I'm not yeah. going to discount him. Hell yeah. Mario just sent that to me. That's him. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, outside of Randy Moss, the Patriots have not had a number one. Wes Welker wasn't a number exactly. one. Julian Edelman wasn't a number one. Like that Bonner. I mean, they may be the number one on the Patriots, but not like on any other team. The only guy I believe that could have been a number one was Malcolm Mitchell. I think he eventually could have worked his way into being that number one. Totally. Kid was they awesome. always, they won with like Brandon Lloyd. And yeah, Brandon I mean, LaFell. Brick, Brandon's. Brick, brick hands. Brick hands. Yeah, but he had he was good in that year. He was good that year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, that's always been the Patriots strategy. Collective talent over, you know, ind- individual ability. Or I should say collective ability over individual talent. Yeah, speaking of it, collective ability, Dallas Cowboys. They're all about individual talent. Oh, yeah. They moved on from Mari Cooper. They had a decision to make this year, mm-hmm. right? Do you trust CD Lamb to play, to take the the snaps from Amari Cooper? And they had to make a decision between Michael Gallup and Cooper, and they chose Gallup over Cooper. They did. Fantasy perspective. I think CD Lamb is going to be one of Dak Prescott's favorite receivers this year. I'm going out on a, on a, on a whim. Okay. Um, because he was. He started last season hot, and then he dropped off because I he was play he was the third receiver. I know you said he doesn't show up in the big moments, but he was the third receiver last year. Well, it's funny you said he dropped off. No pun intended. He had a lot of drops last year. He had a lot of drops. Seven. Yeah, he had a lot of drops in big moments. I watched I watched some serious Dallas football, and it seemed like a lot of critical third down. Ceedee Lamb was always dropping a football. Can I can I can I throw something out at you? Sure. He had one more drop than Travis Kelsey did last year. Different offense, though. I mean, I guess. Well, let me look. Let's look at his numbers for a sec, okay? Yep. He was targeted 116 times. It was 21st overall. 79 receptions. It was 20th overall. He had a uh, 1,102 yards. It was 14th overall. Tied for 18th. Six touchdowns. Had an overall grade of 84.3. Receiving grade of 84.6. He carried the ball nine times for 76 yards, which ain't, which ain't bad. Uh, yeah, 8.4 no, yards per attempt. 66.4 rushing uh, grade. That's what um, he was known for, too. Moving with the ball in his hands. So if you get him the ball he, he, with short yardage, he can he'll he'll make a hole and run you know to the end zone. So I feel like when we talk about like teams of individuals, Dallas Cowboys definitely yep. a team of individuals. Zeke Pollard, <laughs> Zeke, Dak, Amari, CD, all names, Michael Gallup, <laughs> all names. Now yep. I like Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was a guy that if he was a free agent, I really wanted the Patriots to consider making a move and trying to bring him on a team because I don't think he was going to get paid like a Christian Kirk. However, I thought he could have been. A lot of people think Amari Cooper was like the threat. Michael Gallup was the threat. Like Dak Prescott, when 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 Gallup came back from his injury, and let's remember, I know he got hurt twice last year. He never missed a game before that. He's been so durable. Michael no. Gallup is is Dak Prescott's favorite receiver. If, I mean, if you you know my uh, listen, go back to the Patreon conversations a year year plus ago, maybe going on two years now. I'm not sure. Like when you were like, fire Josh McDaniels. Yeah, yeah. Sign exactly. Joe Judge. <laughs> no, I wanted them to trade for Michael Gallup. Going on quite a while now. Like I thought to that be was the offensive a, coordinator. Yeah, to be the offensive coordinator. Well, you probably better, probably, better probably be better than Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, right? Well, you wanted Freddie Kitchens. I still think Freddie Kitchens would be a phenomenal offensive coordinator for New England. Mm. See, maybe it'll happen. Kitchens is a great quarterback coach, and a good... Baker Mayfield played his best football under Freddie Kitchens. Does he? Does he even have a job right now? Yeah, he's like a special assistant in New York still. Okay. Okay. 
But I think uh, that if you hired him as an, an OC, it wouldn't be a lateral move. It would be they and they could hire. That's not going to happen now at this point. No, no. Brian Brian Dayball probably wants him out to put his own guy in there. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I like the Patriots going after him. What happened now? The Patriots aren't no. adding any coaches. Like the the the, the six guys are going to be coaching the team this year. No, yeah, the, the 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 circle is getting smaller. People, not the circle. Yeah, it's like it's a it's a fucking period at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Patriots have like three coaches. <laughs> Matt, Matt, what are you going to coach? I'm going to give two, you half. Two Joe's years. Get the other half. Two years from now, just going to be Belichick on the sideline. <laughs> Uh, with yeah, bunch, with, with a bunch of equipment managers. <laughs> Get that guy's shoes. God. Oh, Anyways, sad. I know it's you scary. wanted to. So you wanted to trade. You you were you're making the fight to trade for Michael Gallup. Yeah, no, no, no. He, he's a great receiver. He was kind of flying under the radar at that point, and. Uh, yeah, I'm right with you. The guy's been super reliable. I get wanting to pay him over Amari because this injury is kind of an anomaly. He's supposedly Dak's favorite target, so that's the other thing. Um, you know, I think you brought up the rumor the other day that Dak was uncomfortable once um, you know Amari became his main weapon and Gallup went out. So we'll see. Then the other and, thing well, was- and that was the thing. If you looked at him, he was actually trying to target Ceedee Lamb more than he was right. trying to target. Amari Cooper, which is why I think with Cooper gone mm-hmm. and CD coming in as that bonafide number two for the Cowboys, I really do think that he's going to be a sort of fantasy threat this year. All right, last subject of the night, Nikhil Harry. Oof. Let me read something to you. I'm ready. First Let's of all, you it. may not know this, but Kendrick Bourne, this is all according to PFF, by the way, mm-hmm. the 21st ranked wide receiver in the NFL last year. Not surprising. Kendrick Bourne, good so, guy. Number one on the Patriots. Hell yeah. If this was the Patriots depth chart, according to PFF, let's put it that way, okay? It's mm-hmm. not, but just based on their, their their ratings. Number two, 33rd overall in the NFL, Jacoby Myers. Number three. Uh, not surprising. 41st overall, Devontae Parker. Okay. Not bad. For a guy no, who's hurt. Number five overall, 56th, or number five on the Patriots, 56th overall. Mm-hmm. Nikhil Harry. What? Number six on the Patriots, 79th overall. Nelson Aguilar. Oh my God. Trade the bum. Trade him. Get him out of town. But does that not surprise you? Because it surprised me. Um, A receiving grade of 63.6. Nikhil Harry had a receiving grade of 64.1. Is it because he caught those couple of passes from Brian Hoyer, like at the end of the Jets game that nobody cared about, though? Like Probably, but that means Nelson Aguilar. But it's all a total body of work. That's it. Send Aguilar back to Vegas. I don't know. They're getting Give him back to Josh McDaniels. They're, we don't need getting... him. They're getting rid of Darren Waller, so they he may be. Uh, did you see that? No. Packers and the 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 Packers and the Raiders are in talks about trading Darren Waller. Why not make that a part of the original trade? I thought Josh McDaniels wanted to implement the two tight end system. Why would you not implement the two tight tight end system with one of the best tight ends in the league? So here's here's Nelson Aguilar's stats for the year. 59 targets, 59. 69th overall. 37 receptions. That's not good. No, that's not good. I mean, 70 set, tied for 73rd. I mean, he is Gronk-esque. Like he is very good when he's on the field, but he's never on the field. 473 yards, 70th. Who would they trade for? I guess. Three touchdowns, 58. Oh, the no, I'm pack. talking about Nelson Aguilar. I'm talking about Nelson Aguilar right oh, now. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Waller. No, 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 no. Nelson sorry, Aguilar I... had 37 catches last year. Targeted 59 times. Ugh. Let's Dude. hope he has a better second year. Yeah, we got it. Because I was, I'll be honest, I was shocked when I saw Nikhil Harry had a better grade over over Nelson Aguilar. You or, know, it's yeah. f- it's so I'm not too much into the speculation thing, but does that make it? Are we all looking at this the wrong way? Is Aguilar the trade candidate? I don't think so. 
I think they could both be trade candidates. How many passes, though, do you think they threw at Nikhil Harry last year? 12. 21. How many catches do you think he had of those 21? 8. 12. 184 right. yards. I mean, that receiving grade is 64.5. He had a run blocking grade of 84.6. He's a fucking hell of an offensive lineman. That's, that's, why, he's, that's why he's going to be on the team. Bel, Bel, Belichick's. I don't need I don't I don't need him to catch the football. I need him to lay out Garrett. Just fucking gig out Garrett, Miles Garrett, like just fucking just ate him up. Ate him up like Good fucking fight. nothing. But apparently they've been in conversations. Trade talks. They're it looks like they're now ready for a mutual parting of ways. What the doesn't make it I know Green Bay has a collection of tight ends that they could probably ship to friggin' Are we back on Darren Waller? I'm still on the kill Harry. Well, what do you? T- uh, I'm my- still talking about Nikhil Harry. I, I I dropped you one little tidbit about Darren Waller, sorry. and now I'm back on subject of Nikhil sorry, Harry. Sorry, I, I thought I thought I thought you kept going back and forth. That's why I'm. No, no, no. I've been talking about Nikhil Harry the entire all right, time. All right, all right, all right. I start listing you fucking Nelson Aguilar statue. Like, I know he's like Gronk esque when he's on the field. I'm like Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> it's Gronk. Whatever. You're I fixated. Just to, I, just, I just want to talk you're about fixated. You're like fixated my... on Darren Waller. I know because you because <laughs> you can draft him in fantasy and then just <laughs> Mike has twelve fucking Mike has no wide receivers and twelve tight ends on his. Well, listen, I have two tight team. ends. Super flex league. Got to have two backup tight ends too. Oh my god, we don't have a our league, the DPN league, which we'll be running again this year. Doesn't even have a super flex. You can't even flex are your you gonna, tight ends. Are you gonna screw with all the point values again? <laughs> so nothing makes sense. Yeah, of course I am. Nice. We got to. It makes sense. It's just, it's fucking ridiculous. We got to make kicking worth a lot. I might increase the kicking, like make it that. I'm going to make it like minus 15 if you miss an extra point. Hold on, let's see this. Uh, Hashtag sports says, Bourne, Myers, Parker, and Harry could be to the offense what Peppers, McCordy, Wilson, and Duggar are to the defense. Question mark. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that with, with Bourne and Myers especially, that they can do a bunch of different things. You can play them out both out wide. You can play them both out of the slot, even though I think Kendrick Bourne's more of a slot receiver instead of that outside. But I think you definitely could. Um, Harry, great fucking great, great blocking offensive lineman. Um. Yeah, and again, you look at... I, I don't really put McCourty into that defense, but I think when you look at Mac Wilson, Jabril... J- McCourty's going to play single high safety. He's going to play safety. Like, he's he's going to... He's probably not going to blitz very often. He's going to play safety. He's going to be the single high a lot. But when it comes to, like, Jabril Peppers, Mac Wilson, Kyle Duggar, no yeah, they're going to yeah. they're gonna do a whole bunch of different things. And I think Parker, you could use in unique ways. You could play him inside as well, especially in those 50-50. I mean, I... The best explanation, I think, the day that the Devontae Parker trade happened, I can't remember if it was you or McChicken, but one of you said it was perfect, and it was Devontae Parker is what the Patriots hoped Nikhil Harry would be. Yeah. And Devontae Parker is one of those guys, you put the ball in his hand, he's going to go fucking flying up the field. Like, he's going to get yards. He's going to run people over. So, yeah, you could do a lot of unique things with them, and then you add the tight ends into the mix, and it's going to make it that much better. Uh, so I think when it comes to, to again, to Jabril, Pepper, Jabril Peppers, Mac Wilson, and Kyle Duggar, they're going to do a lot of interesting things on defense as well. Yeah, I I agree here. And I think, you know, right, you mentioned this, and I'm just going to mention this quickly about the wide receiver thing too. Depending on if they draft a wide receiver early, this could open up all kinds of trades, whether it be Myers, whether it be Aguilar. I, I, they may try to flip Myers within the draft if they get a wide receiver in the second. They may try to flip Myers for a third-round pick or even Aguilar to get that salary back because they're going to need that salary to pay their draft picks. Just so you know, a little bit of a, a tidbit about what's going to come out on RayRoad.com on the blog tomorrow as well as the YouTube video. I have wide receiver listed as the Patriots' fourth priority. Okay. I have I mean, that's co- fair. I have cornerback as number one, mm-hmm. interior offensive lineman at number two, 
Yep. Linebacker at number three, wide receiver at number four. Yep. I'm also, here's another tip, guys, check it out tomorrow. I think that video is coming out at 2 p.m., I believe. Um, I think that the Patriots have to take a corner in the first round now. It's not they need to. Karen Garigian lays out a fucking great argument about why the Patriots have to take a cornerback in the first round. Wait till the video comes out tomorrow. Mike, you and I can discuss it tomorrow night. You can tell me your thoughts on it. Um, sure. But uh, I'm going to put it this way. The Patriots' success this season, next season, and the season after is going to come down to this draft and it's going to come down to their cornerback. I'm putting that on the table right now. That's all I'm going to leave. Leave it there. Okay. And we'll discuss tomorrow, but that's, that's a little teaser for tomorrow. Uh, guy, we hit all the subjects, man. I think that, I think that's good enough for today. I think it's sure. a good Monday. I think it was a good show. Good energy good tonight. Show. Yeah. A lot of talk, hit all the subjects, no Patreon questions tonight. That's why we're ending a little bit early, but, uh, we did over an hour. You guys got to step up. We need those questions. In fairness, I know I didn't post it till like four o'clock this afternoon. Every time I do it late, we don't get a lot of interaction. They're probably just like, fuck you, Ray. Yeah, you're doing this too late for us. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'll, I'll start posting questions. All right. Um, that's it. Um, yeah. Mike, you know what I got to say about our audience? Here's what, what I got to say. They're legit, kid. Yeah. You're not muted, dude. We're trying to do a nice outro here with just the music playing nicely in the background and you're just talking. My bad. My bad. Hey, listeners. I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.